This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut, the 18th day of August 2021. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Paul Jerry checking in on Facebook this morning and uh, had to take a shot at the Red Sox, and why not? Uh, everybody else has, and uh, unfortunately, the Red Sox aren't taking a lot of shots themselves. The bats... Pretty quiet yesterday, especially in big spots. We'll get to all that in just a minute. Uh, I, I Look, I, you know, I, I said on uh, social media this morning when I was teasing the show, you know, is there reason to be optimistic? And I try to be as optimistic as I can be, especially when it comes to the Red Sox. Man, it's getting hard. It's getting hard. So we'll talk about all that in a minute. Um, still battling poison. Folks, I, I have it. I mean, you can't see it like if you're watching on Facebook. I've got it all over. I've got it all over the top of my head. I got it all over my face. My left eye was swollen shut yesterday. It's better now. I was told that you can't get poison ivy on your fingers. I have it on my on uh, my left hand, like on four of my fingers. It's just it is the most evil thing God has ever put on this earth. And no matter what I seem to try, I don't even know how the hell I got it. I wasn't anywhere near it. Uh, but uh, it is. Uh, it's been a struggle the last couple of days. Uh, the other thing, if, if there is reincarnation and I come back in another life, I've decided that I want to own a moving company. <laughs> um, I, I had a couple of movers come in yesterday. I've got another uh, group coming in today uh, to give me quotes to move my wife and I to North Carolina, which we will be doing in the next couple of months. Um the term highway robbery comes to mind. The amount of money that they want to move my small house 900 miles is mind-boggling. There's no other way to put it. It was uh, stunning. Look, when, when my wife and I got together uh, back in 2009, uh, we moved her up here from North Carolina. It cost, I think, at the time, $3,500 to get a moving company to move, move her up here. Um, the, uh, yeah, I know prices go up as time goes on, but the amount of money that it has gone up has, is, has no relationship uh, to the increase in cost of living. It is stunning. So, I, you know, it, it, to the point where yesterday I was thinking whether, whether I needed to just run a truck myself and hire a bunch of people to load the truck here and load the truck, unload the truck down there and just do it myself. That's how bad it is. And I really want no part of that, but it's really making me think. It's, it's just stunning. I, 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 you know, I, and look, I'm all, I'm all for people making money, but good Lord. 
So anyway, uh, <laughs> I can hardly wait to see what the group today says. Uh, and the two groups that came in yesterday were within about five, six hundred dollars of each other. So it wasn't, uh, and I expect today will be the same thing. So uh, it wasn't like, uh, uh, and these are all national companies, by the way. It wasn't like Jim's Moving Company or Paul's Moving Company. It was, you know, it was these were, you know, the the big names. So anyway, that's uh, that was an eye opener yesterday. Um, here in the state of Connecticut. Um, a couple of things. Well, number one, the good news is where it looks like we're going to have a fairly normal fall sports season. They are, uh, going to require mass for uh, girls volleyball, which is played inside, but uh, football is not going to have that, but they are encouraging the kids. Uh, governor Lamont, uh, had a joint uh, press conference with the CIAC and they are encouraging all student athletes to get vaccinated. Uh, there was a great uh, uh, piece last night on Channel 30. Ty Outlaw, who is the head coach of Bloomfield High School, said as a team they made a decision that they are going to be a fully vaccinated team. Great. I mean, I think that I think you know uh, that they ought to. You know, we, we're seeing a lot of stuff going on now where people are being required. You know, my wife and I are going to a concert um, Saturday. We're going to go see Thomas Rhett at the Xfinity Center up in Hartford. And, uh, you know, probably going to have to wear a mask. I'm not thrilled about it, but, you know, it is what it is. But starting in October, uh, Live Nation, who runs the Xfinity Center and runs uh, the Oakdale Musical Theater, they're going to require vaccinations or proof uh, or or a a recent negative test before you can even go to a concert, mask or no mask, starting in October. It's the direction we're going, whether you like it or not. Um. Here's the thing. There was a story this morning in the Boston Globe, front page of the Boston Globe this morning. There have been almost 18,000 deaths in the state of Massachusetts, 17,792, I believe was the number. Of those almost 18,000 deaths in Massachusetts, only 124 of them, or 127 of them, were people who were vaccinated. Now, I get that, you know, many of the deaths started before the vaccines were out. But still, almost 18,000 deaths, 124 people who have been vaccinated. It tells you that the vaccines work. It may not stop you from getting COVID. We've seen a lot of breakthrough cases. But it will stop you from getting COVID very sick. Most people who have been vaccinated do not end up in the hospital and certainly do not die. There have been a few, and those are people that generally have other issues going on, other immune issues going on. But at the end of the day, the safest thing that you can do is be vaccinated. So I think it's great that they want to do that here with the uh, the student athletes. I, I encourage it. And then Governor Lamont has said that he is going to require masks for students going from K to 12 in the state at least through September. I don't have a problem with that either. There is a group here in the state of Connecticut called Unmask Our Kids CT. There's signs all over my neighborhood of people that are, you know, Unmask Our Kids. Supposedly there's like 11,000 members on Facebook. These people are idiots. They are 11,000 idiots. As a parent, 
Now, my my daughters are both in their 30s. Well, one's in her 30s, and the other one's not, but she, uh, she's in her late 20s. My stepsons are both in their 30s. Look, our job as parents is to protect our children. So please explain to me, as a parent, why you would send your children to school without a mask, knowing that just that simple gesture gives your children a better chance of not catching COVID from somebody else. Why would you not do that? Why is this like some cardinal sin that we can't put masks on our kids, that there's something wrong with that. It's not going to scar your children for life, for God's sake. And and not for nothing, this might be, with, with what's going on in our world right now, it might be a normal thing periodically for the rest of their lives. If you think this is the only pandemic that is going to happen between now and the time your children... Uh, die of old age, you are sadly mistaken. So why wouldn't you want to protect them? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the same reason I don't understand people who are against the vaccine. I don't. And I'm moving to an area where, you know, it's Trump country and they don't, they don't get vaccines down there. Well, fortunately, I already have mine, but... Regardless, I don't get it. But if your children can be protected by wearing a mask for, you know, seven, eight hours a day while they are in school, well, if I'm a parent, I'm damn sure sending my kid to school with a mask. And if you don't, and you can get as upset with me as you want if you listen to this show and you're one of these idiots, what is the matter with you? What is the your children's civil liberties are going to be like compromised because they have to wear a mask? How about you could be protecting them from dying? How about that? Or maybe they're maybe they they're carrying it and you're protecting other people. You're protecting your neighbor from getting it from your kid. What is wrong with that? I don't, I don't get it. So anyway, that's that's my rant this morning. But I am very pleased to see that at least here in the state of Connecticut, high school sports looks like we're in good shape this year, and it looks like a lot of the student athletes are going to get on board. I'm sure there's going to be some outliers that will not, and their parents are going to be a big part of that. They're going to uh, try to you know talk their kids into not doing it. But uh, it is... Uh, Foolish, in my personal opinion. Uh, so, that's enough. Let's get to sports. And uh, number one, I'm trying, as I said, to be optimistic. But the Red Sox yesterday scored three runs in a doubleheader against the New York Yankees, against a guy who just came off the injured list, and against a rookie. Now, they did get guys on base. They had, I think, a dozen hits yesterday, but 11 of them were singles. And they went 2 for 13 with runners in scoring position. You know, this has become a theme. 
And, and as Pete Abraham points out in the Boston Globe this morning, you know, maybe right now the Sox are just a, a bad baseball team. Now, I don't necessarily believe that. The problem is, is it seems like when it appears that you have fixed one thing, something else goes wrong. You know, for a while it was the starting rotation, right? I mean, we were talking about how bad that Garrett Richards were and how bad Martin Perez was. Well, that seems to have stabilized by getting those two chuckleheads out of the, the rotation and getting Tanner Houck in there, getting Chris Sale back. All of a sudden, this rotation seems much better, and they have pitched accordingly. I mean, look, the Red Sox did not pitch badly yesterday, the starters anyway. You know, Tanner Houck for four innings, you know, did fine. Nathan Evaldi, you know, pitched well yesterday. You can't ask for much more than you got out of those guys. Well, I'd like Tanner Houck to go a little deeper deeper in the game, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But then, you know, so we get the, the starting rotation figured out, and now all of a sudden it's the bullpen that's that's uh, wetting itself. Garrett, you know, look, and, and I'm not going to kill Garrett Whitlock. He's been, you know, he's been great for the Red Sox this year. Great. And he had owned the Yankees. He had pitched eight and a third scoreless innings against the Yankees this year, striking out 10 and walking one over those eight and a third. Yesterday, he looked like a deer in the headlights. He gets DJ LeMahieu, but then he walks back to back hitters. So they get him out. They bring in Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, who had that great run early, well, not early, about midway through the season, you know, where he people couldn't hit him. Well, yesterday, he gets up a couple of hits and a walk, doesn't get anybody out, and the next thing you know, a 3-2 lead is a 5-3 deficit, and the Red Sox lose. Uh, you know, they, they had got to Jordan Montgomery. They get, and then this was, a, the my God, in that first game, they load the bases with nobody out in the seventh inning and don't score. They don't score. You know, and, and look, um, I, I'll give Travis Shaw put out a pretty good at bat. His first at bat with the Red Sox, he comes up with the bases loaded, nobody out. He ends up lining out to left field. But he put on a hell of an at-bat, took it to a full count, just didn't hit it deep enough to get a run in. But then Kike Hernandez and Hunter Renfro strike out. Game over. Loisica, who looked like he was, you know, done, ends up getting a two-inning save. So, you know, that's game number one, so you're frustrated. And, you know, you're hoping that maybe game two things will be a little bit different. And Evaldi went five innings, gave up seven hits, two runs. Look, that's not a poor performance. He gave up two home runs against this Yankee team. Uh, Luke Voigt and John Carlos Stanton took him out. It wasn't like it was, you know, a Bucky Dent hitting a home run. I mean, these guys, Luke Voigt led the American League or led the, the, the major leagues in home runs last year. And John Carlos Stanton, you know, despite the fact that he has struggled quite a bit this year, uh, has found his stroke lately, and he hit a no-doubter in the fourth inning. But even still, Evaldi keeps you in the game. 
But the Red Sox, again, they get five hits off of uh, uh, the young kid Heel and Wandy Peralta. And, you know, it, it, look, it was frustrating. There's no question. They had an opportunity to score some runs against Peralta. You know, and they get a, a ball that's uh, hit deep but not deep enough to score Jaron Duran from third base that could have made it a two-to-one game. Frankly, I would have sent him. Easy for me to say sitting on my couch, but look, you know, they hit it to Joey Gallo. I know Gallo's got a great arm, but you haven't scored in the game. You got to try something. You got your fastest player on the team on third base, one of the fastest players in the American League. Send him. Make, make Gallo throw him out. You got to. You got to try to to force the action a little bit there. So that was frustrating. You know, and then uh, a ball hit right back at Wandy Peralta. It hits him, bounds away. Bobby Dahlbeck hit it right on the button, but it goes off of uh, Peralta. They go over, they make the play, throws him out at first base by a step. You know, but Dahlbeck hit it right on the screws just didn't deflect far enough away. But you look at those two plays right there, send the guy from third, you know, if that ball, you know, if if the ball's a little bit farther away from Peralta, you know, maybe it's a different game, but that's, that's baseball, right? As John Sterling likes to say, that's baseball, Susan. But the Red Sox were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position in that second game. And just, uh, you know, I reach for the whiskey bottle. You know, when the second game was over, it's just, you know, and so now the Red Sox are basically in a flat footed tie with the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees for the last wild cards or for the two wild card spots. Technically, Oakland and uh, the Yankees are ahead of them by point zero zero one percent because they've played fewer games. But, you know, and the Sox are, you know, five back of, of Tampa. And today's game, look, I don't want to be overly dramatic. I hate I hate people that are overly dramatic. But today's game is huge. Tonight they've got Nick Pavetta going to the hill, who's pitched well, 9-5 with a 4-2-0 ERA against Andrew Heaney, who's got an ERA of damn near 6. You know, and came over from the Angels. Look, I've kind of always been a Heaney fan, but he's his performances haven't generally backed it up. He's one of these guys that shows all kinds of promise, and you think you you should be able to hit this guy, and you can't. But he is a left-hander, which will give you know Verdugo and Schwarber some issues, perhaps. That means Bobby Dahlbeck will play today because he hits lefties pretty well. You doubt Duran probably will not be in the game. So, you know, but they've got to win that game tonight. They have to. You know, and this is where I try to be uh, optimistic. But they have to win the game tonight because they have a stretch coming up where they have an opportunity to make some hay and to gain some ground. Look, some of these other teams have been able to play uh, some of these clubs and have taken advantage of it. The Red Sox need to do the same. After tonight's game, they have Thursday off. Then they return home. They have the Rangers for three, the Twins for three, and then they go to Cleveland for three. Let's review, please. The Texas Rangers are 42-77. and 77. You have got to sweep them at home. 
The Minnesota Twins are 14 games under 500. Now, they're more dangerous than Texas. There's no question. But they no longer have Jose Barrios. They no longer have Nelson Cruz. They do have some guys that can still hit, but this is a team that you have got to beat. So in those six games at home, you better go 5-1. and one. And then you go to play the Cleveland Indians. The Indians are two games under 500. They have better pitching than either of those other two teams. But they don't hit the ball very well. They have a negative run differential. All three of these teams do. If you are the Red Sox, you have got to take advantage of those nine games. That has to be, of those nine games, that has to be seven and two, eight and one. That's what it has to be. Because after that, you go to Tampa for four. And look, if you go eight and one, seven and two against those three clubs, and then you go to Tampa and you split, and or maybe take three out of four. You know, then you got the Indians for three more, and then you got Tampa again at home. You know, the Sox have some opportunities here, and they're they're we've already talked about the end of the season schedule for the Red Sox, with the exception of three games against the Yankees, are winnable games. I mean, look at these final series for the Red Sox. Three at home with the Orioles. Well, we know what they did to the Orioles, what everybody's doing to the Orioles. Two at home with the Mets. The Mets are taking on water. They've got more holes in the, in the, uh, in the keel than the Titanic. They have the Yankees at home for three. So your playoff rival is, is right in front of you. Then they have at the Orioles for three. So the Orioles are six of their final 14 games are against the Orioles. And then they have three at the Washington Nationals who traded everybody but me. So their schedule works in their favor if they can take care of business against these teams that are under 500, have negative run differentials. You have an opportunity. And, you know, you hold your own with Tampa and the Yankees down the stretch you know, you're going to be okay. I mean, because, listen, after the game tonight against the Yankees, the Red Sox only have three more against New York. Now, they've already clinched the season series with the Yankees. Even if they were to lose every game between now and the end of the year, they win the season series 10-9. That'd be small consolation, quite frankly. But the way the Yankees had owned the Red Sox the last couple of years, you'll take it. But after tonight, they don't see the Yankees again until September 24th for three games. It's Tampa you got to be concerned with. They have seven more with Tampa. But if they can hold their own, go four and three against Tampa. Go t- take two out of three from the Yankees at home at the end of September. And then with the rest of this schedule, it gives you reason to be optimistic. As long as, the rest, as, long as these five men stay healthy in the rotation... You know, I think they're going to be okay. I think they will still make the playoffs. What that means, I don't know. It, you know, it's going to be it's probably going to be a one-game wild card and you hold your breath and hope Chris Sale can get you through that. But there is reason for optimism despite the loss last night. You know, I and I the last thing on the Red Sox. And you know, I I've always been, you know, in Alex Cora we trust, and, and uh, you know, he's going to, you know, 
he's going to figure out a way. He's a smart guy. You know, everything – he figured out everything for sure when uh, the Red Sox won the World Series, right? You know, but I am kind of getting a little bit tired of the quick hook that he has. The the Last night, he went and got Tanner Houck after four innings. Now, he's going to tell you, well, it set it up perfectly – uh, because we had a rested Whitlock. He's been great against the Yankees, yada, yada, yada. You know, kind of like what Pete Abraham said, even when the Red Sox try to do the right thing, it backfires on him. But Tanner Houck was coming up against the top of the Yankee lineup in that game yesterday. Now, they have said, well, we don't want him to see, you know, the third time around the lineup is brutal for him. We don't want to have him see him. You know, teams uh, have teams see him a third time. However, you know, there are times when you have to manage by the seat of your pants. And there are times, you know, I don't care what what the numbers say about Hauk third time around. Here are the stark numbers with Tanner Hauk in this game yesterday. He was going to see the top of the order for the third time. DJ LeMayhew, Brett Gardner, and Aaron Judge were 0 for 6 against Hauk in the first four innings. 0 for 6! And, ladies and gentlemen, they were 0 for 16 in their career against Garrett Whitlock. Not one of them had a hit against him, yet Alex Cora takes him out of the game because the analytics nerds say that's what you need to do. They were 0 for 16 in their career against Garrett Whitlock. I know it's just this year, but the numbers tell me that how can get these guys out? Aaron Judge does not hit sliders well. Hauk's best pitch is a slider. The numbers said leave him in, but we take him out. And by the way, at some point, you got to give the kids some confidence and say, hey, we believe in you. Go ahead. And until he constantly shows you that he can't do it, you got to give him a chance. You got to. You know, so I have an issue with what Alex Cora did yesterday. And I, I don't, you know, I, it's just, ah. You know, and then they immediately optioned him back to AAA. Now, that doesn't mean anything. It's a, it's right now they're playing a numbers game because the guy's coming off the injured list, et cetera, et cetera. But, and he'll be back up to make his next start. But good Lord, let the kid pitch. Until he shows me he can't pitch in a big spot, especially with the numbers against that top of the lineup, let the kid pitch, please. 32 minutes past the hour. We've got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, just quick note. Uh, I didn't see this until just now, but uh, Paul Jerry, who watches the show on Facebook, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, by the way, yeah, MiddlesexCountySports.com, if you are interested in high school sports, uh, what Paul does on his website is amazing. Um, you know, they, uh, the, the local papers, and, and I don't mean to kill the, the, the local media, but by and large, you know, uh, it has become the high school coverage is not what it used to be. You know, uh, the Middletown Press is now a, a part of the New Haven Register, so they don't really have their own sports staff per se. So the Register kind of uses uh, just it's kind of like uh, uh, pool coverage. 
So the local teams don't get the coverage that they used to get. You know, it's the same. In, uh, with the ex- I tell you what, the New London Day does a pretty good job uh, down on the shore. Uh, and, and the Register does a pretty good job with their local teams right down there along the shoreline. But, uh, but the uh, Middlesex County kind of got lost a lot. Uh, and Paul has done a great job of uh, bringing uh, the attention back to Middlesex County sports. So uh, he does a great job. But anyway, he, would just, he posted a thing that uh, he's got a neighbor – uh, who is vaccinated, who was exposed to the Delta variant down in Florida uh, and uh, didn't feel great for three days, but then bounced right back. Perfect example of why you get vaccinated. Because if that person hadn't been vaccinated, Lord knows you know what could have happened. Get the damn shot, get your kids the damn shot, and put a mask on your kids. If they're too young to get the shot, put a mask on them. So thanks for sharing that Paul um all right so uh back to uh, baseball and uh, the Rays last night did what everybody expected they would do they played the Baltimore Orioles uh the Orioles lost their 13th game in a row Rays beat them 10 nothing no shock there Nelson Cruz with a couple of home runs last night uh Cruz moved past Dave Kingman remember Dave Kingman Mr. He was the he was the 2021 type player before there was that type player in a day where people didn't strike out a ton. Dave Kingman was a guy that he could hit all kinds of home runs, but if he didn't hit a home run, he was striking out. It's kind of like a lot of guys do now. Uh, but uh, he uh, Cruz moved past Dave Kingman in the 42nd place on the all-time home run list was 443. Uh, he hit a uh, a three-run shot off of John Means uh, in a five-run fifth inning that made it eight nothing and added another one the next inning. Uh, by the way, I thought Nelson Cruz had more than 443 home runs. He's been around for so long, I, I just naturally assumed that he was close to 500. And I mean, I guess 57 away is fairly close. It's closer than I am. Um, but I thought he was closer than that. Um, so anyway, uh, and his chances, at, look, he's 41 years old. He's not going to get to 500. I, at least I wouldn't think. I mean, even if he plays, to, even if he plays a couple more years, you know, uh, at 42, 43 years of age, you wonder, you know, how much, how, how long he can be productive. But regardless, two more last night. Uh, Rays Cruz, they get to play the uh, Orioles again tonight, and they are thrilled. <laughs> as, as everybody who plays them are, uh, is thrilled. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, or the Tampa Bay Rays, the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays last night uh, took one on the chin. And, uh, and this is, I guess, why if you're a Red Sox fan, you should be nervous about the Washington Nationals. But the Nationals last night uh, snapped a seven-game losing streak. They beat the Blue Jays 12-6 to last night. Didn't see that coming, got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Jays were starting uh, Alec Manoa, who has been, who'd been really good, the rookie, but it gave up seven runs in uh, three innings. Uh, Eric Fetty, who'd been absolutely awful, for Washington wasn't great yesterday but he was good enough because the offense got going five innings he gave up uh, three runs and five hits walked three guys uh but uh got some help from the long ball and got some help from the bullpen and they end up beating Toronto 12 to 6 so Toronto a couple of games behind the Red Sox it's one of the few teams that are behind the Red Sox thank God somebody is um and the Red Sox don't see Toronto again their season series with Toronto is over not a bad thing. The Yankees, I st- think, still have to play Toronto seven times. So I'll become a big Toronto fan soon. Uh, as far as the Mets go, out on the West Coast, they lose another tough one. They lose to the San Francisco Giants, who keep on rolling. Uh, the Giants beat the Mets yesterday 3-2. to two. 
Uh, Marcus Stroman got the start for the Mets. Was pretty good. Look, he struck out nine over seven innings, gave up three runs on five hits. But Logan Webb, who has been uh, one of the most dominant pitchers in the National League for the last few months, now seven and three, goes into the eighth inning yesterday, seven and a third, uh, two runs on seven hits. He struck out eight, lowered his ERA to 2.92. And then the bullpen... Uh, does a great job. Uh, Tony Watson, Jarlin Garcia, and then uh, Leone gets his first save of the season, comes in, uh, gets the final out of the game. And uh, the Giants pick up win number 78 on the season. And as far as the Mets go, uh, you think bad things are bad in Boston. The Mets are now a team that led the National League East for quite some time, has now lost five in a row, seven of the last ten, uh, and they are now four and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves. You know, the Braves, who everybody had dead and buried, including me, you know, when they, you look, they were already struggling, and then when they lost Ronald Acuna, I just figured they were toast. You know, but uh, the Braves have gone in the opposite direction, and the Mets are, are sinking like a stone. You know, the Mets are in real danger of, of not making the playoffs because the wild card is not coming out of the National League East. The wild card is likely either coming out of the NL West or it's going to be the Cincinnati Reds. So the Mets are in deep trouble. Uh, the, the Mets will send Tyler McGill to the mound today. The rookie's been pretty good uh, for the Mets. He is going to take on Anthony DiScalfani, though, who is 11-5 with a 3-2-9 uh, ERA, but Tommy Lastella last night with a two-run homer in the first inning, and uh, Evan Longoria also had one uh, off of Stroman in the seventh, and uh, the Giants win. And the Giants just—I mean—they have won nine of the last ten, three in a row, seventy-eight and forty-two, thirty-six games over five hundred. I'm—I'm I'm to a point where I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore. You know, I keep saying they're the biggest surprise in baseball, but at this point, I mean, uh, you, you expect them to win. I mean, at this point, I almost expect them to win that division. Now, the, the Dodgers are doing everything that they can do, but, man, those Giants have been unbelievable. Uh, as far as the other team in the National League East race, the Philadelphia Phillies also going in the wrong direction. They lost their second straight yesterday, and they lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, folks, have 39 wins. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks had the same number of wins going into last night's action as the Baltimore Orioles did, but they beat the Phillies last night 3-2. to two. Uh, Despite the fact that uh, uh, Bryce Harper had another solid game, hit another home run, his 22nd of the season, uh, Bryce Harper hitting two ninety seven. He's in the MVP conversation in the National League without question. Um, but uh, and, and the Phillies got, you know, decent starting pitching. But Arizona got five one-run innings from Tyler Widener, and uh, he did not factor in the decision because it was a Josh Van Meter two-run home run in the sixth inning that was the difference. Widener had left the game. Uh, so Aguilar ends up getting the win out of the bullpen. And then Tyler Clippard, uh, despite giving up a run in the uh, the ninth inning, 
picks up his third save of the season, and uh, the Phillies drop one. Uh, the Phillies are going to uh, send Ranger Suarez to the hill today. Suarez, since coming out of the bullpen, he was their closer for a little while, and they've got him on the mound. He is 5-3 and three with a 107 ERA. Now, he won't go deep into the game, but uh, they're hoping they give he gives him a chance. It'll be Humberto Castellanos for the Diamondbacks tonight. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Uh, 0-1 with a 2-3-0 ERA for the Diamondbacks. But the Phillies and the Mets better get it going because the Braves are showing no signs of slowing down. It was a great game with the Marlins last night. Uh, it was scoreless going into the eighth inning. Uh, Jorge Soler, though, a, a two-out RBI single in the eighth uh, to uh, give the Braves a one nothing lead. They end up winning it 2 nothing. Uh, they get a strong start from uh, Yanoa, goes five and a third shutout innings, and then the bullpen uh, pitched three and two-thirds one-hit innings. They gave up one hit and one walk. Uh, Will Smith picked up his 26th save of the season. Sandy Alcantara, who has been great uh, for Miami, was great again yesterday. Went eight. Five hits, one run, but the bats could do absolutely nothing against this Braves team. They managed just four hits. And so, you know, wake-up call to the NL East. This one looks like the, the Braves are just going to run away with it if the Phillies and the Mets don't figure it out. 45 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take one more break. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. Just one more thing on the uh, uh, the National League East. Look, uh, when Steve Cohen brought uh, bought the team uh, this past year and uh, uh, you know agreed to open up the coffers and was going to spend money to bring in better players, he has done that. Francisco Lindor is there. They got Pedro Baez. Uh, you know, they, they, they've had some injuries. There's no question about that, but Steve Cohen, who's spent billions is frustrated. And after the game, well, not after the game, it was this morning. He was on social media and he has been on social media a lot interacting with fans. And I know the fans like that, but you know, this morning uh, he said, look, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. This is the owner of the team taking after his own team on social media. Uh, look, George Steinbrenner, can you imagine if George Steinbrenner had a Twitter, was alive and had a Twitter account when he owned the Yankees? Oh, good Lord. That would have been entertaining. But if... The owner has a right to bitch. And if he wants to do it in a public venue, he spent a billion dollars. He has that right. And if the players don't like it, well, too bad. He has spent a lot of money to bring in better players around you. And if they can't get it done, I'll tell you one thing. They're going to be looking for a new manager. Luis Rojas is not going to survive this. If they don't bounce back and win the division, the Mets will have a new manager. Steve Cohen's not going to stand for this. Steve Cohen may not be um, as, well, I don't know what the right word is, but he may not be George Steinbrenner. But he has, you know, the right to bitch. He has the right to fire managers. He has the right to get rid of players if they don't want to do what he wants them to do. If they don't have the kind of approach he believes they should have, he's going to get people in there that will. George Steinbrenner did that all the time. And if they didn't perform, they were out. 
So, you know, uh, he's right to be frustrated. And if the players don't like it, hey, here's my advice. Play better. (laughs) You know, Luis Rojas, manage better. You know, there was a situation the other night where the Mets were getting whacked. And yet he sent his pitcher up to hit, his starting pitcher up to hit in like the third inning when he was getting crushed instead of putting like a real hitter up because you knew you were going to take the guy out anyway. <laughs> and then after the game, when uh, reporters asked the, the pitcher why he was uh, going up to bat there, he said, I have no idea. <laughs> so Steve Gowen's right. And, you know, Luis Rojas, I hope he's dusting up the resume because he's going to be he's going to be in search of a job. But if I own a, a Major League Baseball team, I'd be bitching too. And I'd probably be vocal about it, and I'd probably be public about it. And if I spent that kind of money, I have that right, just as Steve Cohen does. Um, I mentioned the uh, the National League West. The Dodgers win again. They beat the Pirates 4-3. Matt Beatty with a two-run double uh, with two outs in the fifth inning, the difference in this one. Uh, they had to struggle, but they beat the Pirates 4-3. David Price got the start. It was okay, four and two-thirds, three hits, two runs. Doesn't go very deep into games anymore. Uh, of course, he you know started the season in the bullpen, and uh, they only let him go sixty-seven pitches. I had to lean forward to to see that on the screen, but they only let him throw sixty-seven pitches. But they got him out, and then the bullpen: Corey Knebel, uh, Bickford, Blake Trinan, all were great. Uh, Kenley Jansen comes in, gives up a run in the ninth, which is pretty much par for the course for him. Still picked up his twenty-fifth save, but Kenley Jansen. I'll tell you what, if you're the Dodgers and you're in the postseason and you got a you know a one run lead in the ninth, who do you feel do you want Kenley Jansen? I know he's been your closer, but I'll tell you what, Corey Knable's been great out of that bullpen, and Blake Trinan has been outstanding. Blake Trinan, who was a shutdown closer for the Oakland Athletics uh for a, a number of years, uh has an ERA under two. And yesterday he pitched the eighth inning and whiffed a couple of guys. I'll tell you what, in the postseason, in a one-run game, I might be tempted to go to Blake Trinan before I go to Kenley Jansen. But that's just me. Uh, They will continue their series tonight. It will be the series finale. JT Brubaker will get the start for the Pirates. It will be Mitch White. Uh, It's going to be a a bullpen game, so it's – Mitch White is going to be their bulk innings guy. Somebody else is probably going to start, but then Mitch White will come out of the bullpen and – Throw four or five innings. Uh, the Padres lost yesterday to the Rockies. Padres are damn close to being out of the playoffs. Their lead over the Cincinnati Reds for the final wild card spot is down to a game and a half. Um, Herman Marquez, six in the third last night, five hits, three runs, but he also he gave up three home runs. It, you know, you're in Colorado. Of course you're going to give up home runs. He gave up bombs to Tatis, Cronenworth, and Pham. All in the seventh inning. <laughs> I mean, they had a, a a pretty good lead in this game. They let it um, for nothing. Then he gives up three bombs, and they got to get him out of there w- with one out in the seventh inning. Uh, but then the Rockies scored three off of the uh, the Padres in the bottom of the inning, and they end up winning this. Season. Look, the Rockies are terrible on the road, terrible. But they're forty and twenty one at home. Uh, second best home record in the major leagues behind only the San Francisco Giants. And the Padres, uh, again, Jace Tingler might be looking for a job. They've lost six of ten, two in a row. Uh, they're 12 back of San Francisco, eight back of the Dodgers, and only a game and a half ahead of the Reds. I mean, they are 
in real danger. Jake Arrieta, who was released by the Cubs, got picked up by the Padres. He has a 5-11 and record with a 6.88 ERA. The Padres picked him up. Guess what? He's starting tonight for the Padres because they had to put Hugh Darvish on the injured list with a back issue. So Jake Arrieta with the 5-11, and 6-8-8 is going to get the start against the Rockies in Colorado. I don't think that's going to go well. Chichi Gonzalez is going to start for the Rockies. He's 3-6 and six with an ERA over 6 as well, so this might be a slow-pitch softball score tonight, 15-14 final. Uh, one other quick note. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of this, but it's horrific. Chris Bassett got hit in the face last night uh, by a line drive in the second inning of their game against the White Sox. Uh, Brian Goodwin hit one right back up the middle. It hit him in the side of the face, did not hit his eye, hit below his eye. He needed stitches. Uh, he was conscious the entire time. He seems to be okay, but uh, they're going to do some scans today, find out whether there's any fractures or anything. And uh, uh, But the good news is is he survived. I mean, it was it was frightening. Uh, the, the outcome of the game really doesn't matter when you come to – I mean, the White Sox won the game 9 nothing. But you have to think that the Padres were—I mean, that the uh, Athletics were just rattled after that. Uh, Bassett has been the ace of this team, you know, and uh, uh, wasn't having a great start to the game last night. He had given up three runs and three hits in an inning, uh, but he came in twelve and three. Uh, he'd been great, uh, so hopefully he is okay. Even Tony Larusa, the manager of the White Sox, said, "Hey, look, uh, the game doesn't matter. Chris Bassett's the number one concern." So hopefully he's okay, but a scary moment uh, in that game against the White Sox last night. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from the late, great Warren Zevon. This is from his final album. It's called Disorder in the House. It's actually with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.